1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma City Thunder, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham. You can find me on Twitter at KOCO Carson. What an exciting show we have today! Joining me will be Darnell Mayberry longtime Thunder Beat writer for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He even covered the Oklahoma City Hornets before the Thunder got to town. So, man, he's been around a long time. He's seen it all and even seen stuff you and I haven't seen covering the team and, you know, the locker room, and stuff like that. He shared some great stories stuff I'd kind of forgotten about. And uh, unfortunately, Darnell's moving on. He's unfortunate for us. It's great for him. He's, he's moving to Chicago to cover the Chicago Bulls for The Athletic. He'll talk to us about that decision to move on and just more stuff about the Thunder. And specifically, he's coming on to talk about his new book. Yes, he's written a book about the Thunder. 100 Things You Should Do and Know Before You Die regarding the Oklahoma City Thunder. So we'll talk to Darnell. But first, I just want to ask and, and thank you for all who have subscribed and rated the podcast. That really helps. I'd like for you to do that now if you haven't. And again, I when I took this podcast over, I was... Told a number of average listeners that I thought sounded high. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, and we're already surpassing that by thousands. So I just want to, th- I really want to thank you for listening to this show, for rating, for subscribing, and I'm blown away by the response that, that I've gotten so far hosting this podcast. It's been, it's been unbelievable, and I really want to thank you for listening. And it only makes me want to do this podcast even more. It's a lot of fun and. Man, we're getting a lot of people listening, so it's an exciting time to host the Locked on Thunder podcast, because let's be honest, this season is going to be a wild ride. I, there's no other team that I would want to be doing this about, uh, you know, with the Thunder getting Carmelo Anthony, Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, we're getting a lot of interest in sponsors. I mean, we're doing numbers well into the thousands on, on how many people are listening to this, and I'm getting a lot of feedback, so that's exciting. Uh, you better get in now if you want to sponsor the podcast. i tell you that. I've already gotten a few emails that are, uh, are very uh, exciting. And um, you can send me an email at CarsonLockedOn at gmail.com. And, again, please rate, subscribe. And uh, without further ado, let's get to Darnell Mayberry. All right, joining me right now is the original beat writer of NBA basketball in Oklahoma City, Darnell Mayberry. He's recently announced that he's moving on to the athletic to cover the Chicago bulls and he's announced he's written a thunder book. So we got a lot to talk about Darnell. I, I really appreciate you joining me, man. No problem. Thanks
0: for having me Carson. and Congratulations on the locked on thunder podcast, man. I know thunder fans will really appreciate having someone as passionate as you heading this up, man. I know you're going to do a great job.
1: Wow. Thanks a lot, man. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, the response so far has been amazing. So it's, I'm really looking forward to this season. And it didn't hurt, Darnell, that the Thunder added uh, Carmelo Anthony and Paul George, as far as excitement goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, what a, what a time to be taking off and saying, "Oh, I'll, I'll go cover a team that's projected to be one of the worst in the NBA. You leave Carmelo Anthony, Russell Westbrook, <laughs> and Paul George and go cover, uh, what, the fighting Cameron Payne?
1: <laughs> is he even going to be on the team, or is he going to be in the D League?
0: I don't know, man. I don't know how much longer he's going to be on the team. I feel bad for him. He's a, as you know, Carson, he's such a nice guy which fans don't care about nice guys. They want to know if he can play. But, uh, you know, he was always so professional and, and positive in everything that he did, and the guy just can't catch a break. So I'm rooting for him. Uh, you know, I hope the best for him. I wish the best for him. But, uh, you know, I just don't know if he's going to make it. He can't seem to get over these foot problems.
1: Yeah, and I, I echo those sentiments, Darnell. He was awesome to deal with in Oklahoma City. It's unfortunate he can't stay healthy. You'd like to see him stay healthy, then to, then see if he can – play at the nba level but uh you you wrote a little bit about uh why you were leaving as far as uh you know family stuff but uh just tell us more about moving on to the athletic to cover the bulls and why you decided to uh make this move yeah
0: it was it was purely a personal decision uh you know it wasn't even so much professional as it was personal um you know it's a great opportunity professionally and and it's not something that i would have done uh had it not been a, a golden opportunity professionally but uh, the driving force was a personal decision I have a young daughter who lives in the area she'll be four in December uh, and I've been away from her so you know it's just time to reunite with her and get back to her and, and try to be the best father I can be and that's what it's all about uh, the fact that I, I I stepping into a role that I know and love and you know I, I feel like I'm sort of decent at you know I can uh, that made it easier that made it a soft landing spot and um, you know, I'm, I'm just really thankful for the opportunity. I'm grateful for the folks at the Athletic, uh, you know, for allowing me the chance, to, the opportunity to cover the Chicago Bulls for their website. Uh, they got some passionate fans up there in Chicago, and you know, I'm excited to get started. It's bittersweet because I'm leaving the people and the place that I've known for 12 years. I came in here in 2005, you know, probably about a week or two after the Hornets announced that they were coming. Uh, way back when. And, uh, you know, it's been home ever since. I even grew up here. I got family here. So it's bittersweet to leave all of that. But, you know, there's one little person that needs my attention more than anyone in the world right now,
1: and that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, Tell me more about, were you hired at the Oklahomans specifically to cover the Hornets? Tell me how that came about uh, covering the first (laughs) NBA team here.
0: Yeah, you know, it's funny, Carson. I was actually hired to cover Oklahoma State football. Uh, You know, and that was sort of the start of the Gundy era and, you know, the rise of the Cowboys, uh, you know, they weren't back then what they are now. But, uh, you know, what happened was Hurricane Katrina hit right during my interview process. And the folks at the Oklahoma and the editors there at the time called. I'll never forget it. I was in Red Lobster with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> we were having dinner and one of the editors called me and says how would you like to cover the NBA? And I said, are you kidding? <laughs> That's not even a question, you know? So, like, it was my dream job. It's what I always wanted to do ever since I knew that I wanted to become a sports writer. So, um, you know, that happened. Uh, Katrina, unfortunately, hit the Gulf South, and and uh, I was probably the only person in the world that benefited from it, you know? So, um, you know, I hate to put it in terms of that, but I think you catch my drift, uh, and it launched my career ever since. Being able to cover Chris Paul and and David West and those guys that they had back then, uh, what a fun ride that was! And I never even covered an Oklahoma a second of the Oklahoma State beat. I, the moment I got here, I covered the uh, the ticket event for the Oklahoma City Hornets, or the New Orleans slash Oklahoma City Hornets, the uh, season ticket event, and uh, that was my first assignment where they could select a seat, and season ticket holders could go in and pick out whatever seat they wanted. Uh, I'll never forget my first story. Chris Paul was there, and you know it was just—it's been a, an amazing twelve years. And you know, like I said, it's bittersweet to, to be moving on, but you know, I feel like I'm, I know that I'm doing it for the right reason. So, so that gives me peace.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was in college at the time, and just having the NBA was unbelievable. And I don't know about you, Darnell, but you know, back then, I think most of the people in Oklahoma City were like, "No, we don't want the Hornets to leave. Chris Paul's amazing. He's like the mayor of the city now." Like. No one wanted the Hornets to leave and then it turns out We were out,
0: all young and dumb. Yeah. We were all young and dumb.
1: I mean, we didn't think it got any better than that at that point. And then this and then they obviously got the Thunder and Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, but uh just I'll never forget Darnell uh, how different it was covering that team. I, I started out as an intern at Channel Four in Oklahoma City and since the Hornets were here because of the hurricane, it was like wide open. You could like talk to Chris Paul like on the floor before the game while he's warming up. It was just a different era back then, wasn't it?
0: So much different uh, you know you have to give some some respect and credit to the thunder for the way they do business the button down organization obviously um but you know you don't you don't see them running their shop like the Sacramento Kings or the Washington Wizards or New Orleans Pelicans you know I mean this is a professionally run organization and you have to give them credit for that um but the Hornets I mean they just made access so much easier for everyone and and, and that's not just, you know, people hear that, I think, and they think, oh, that's just the media complaining and, you know, whining. No, it's not. It's best for the media. Sometimes, most times, it's best for the fans. Uh, you know, like, I'll give you a quick story. We we wanted to do our special section when the Hornets first landed. Uh, you know, we got Chris Birdman Anderson out at the Oklahoma City Zoo taking pictures with, like, uh, <laughs> with parrots and, like, all kind of, like, <laughs> wildlife birds, uh, you know, Paul and J.R. Smith went to, I believe, the Capitol with us and and took a picture. Hey, we tried to do a special section last year on the Thunder, and our theme, our working theme, was the show must go on. So we wanted to get, you know, some of the Thunder players in top hats and and canes and, you know, (laughs) something like that, just, you know, something lighthearted. And the Thunder shot it down. You know, this was at the media day event. Like, they couldn't even put on a hat. The players wouldn't have had a problem putting on a hat, but the Thunder's like, no, that's not us. So that just kind of... The difference between the two franchises and I think obviously the medium for the most part, by and large, much would rather uh, deal with the, the Thunder, um, excuse me, the Hornets than they would the Thunder. Uh, but, you know, in, in terms of on-court product, it's not even close. I mean, we lucked out with this, with this management and how they built this team and, and the incredible success that they've had.
1: Yeah, it's been a wild ride. And this is I can't believe this is the tenth season going on now. Um it's gonna be weird not having you around, Darnell. Yeah. But uh, you did write a book. I want you to talk more about this. It's a hundred facts Thunder fans should know before they die. How how did this book? Yeah, hundred things. One hundred things
0: Thunder fans should know. Before 100 They Hundred things.
1: Die. My bad. Uh, just how did this book? Actually, it's a
0: hundred. It's a hundred things Thunder fans should know and do before they die.
1: And do that's a lot to do yeah, and, and yeah. know. It's
0: a it's a mouthful, is what it is.
1: <laughs> well, how did this come about, man? You know, it, an, a,
0: another funny story. Like I was on my way back. I had just. Uh, back in Oklahoma City and I was at baggage claim. I was coming back from Las Vegas. Uh, I believe it was last summer uh, and I got an email, just a random email in my in my inbox from you know a publisher and with this publishing company based in Chicago of all places And uh, you know they said you know would you be interested in writing a, a book? We've got a, a series of books that we've done for various college and professional teams. Uh, Would you be interested? And, you know, at first I was a little hesitant. Like, oh, man, a book, I don't know about this. And and just the title alone sounds like sort of a gimmicky book, um, but I can promise you it's not. I mean, I put a lot of hard work into this book, and there's a lot. I mean, the book's 325-some-odd pages. Uh, You know, there's a lot of facts, figures, and information in in this book. But, uh, you know, I was hesitant at first, and then I decided, you know, why not? Um, This is, I spent 10 years, Pouring my, my my heart and soul and my life into covering this monster that we call the NBA in our backyard, why not at least give it a shot? Um, and and you know this was the uh, the end result, so I'm I'm really proud of it. I'm glad that I did it. I'm blessed that the opportunity came my way. Uh, and and you know it's I guess I should say this, Carson. Uh, it's coming out early November. The official release date is November 15th. Uh, but it should be in stores in early November. Uh, I think it's fourteen ninety five, and you can get it at triumphbooks.com uh, or anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, anywhere books are sold, uh, you can buy it. So I'm, looking re- I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think fans will really like it.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. And if anyone should write it, it should be you. I mean, you've been there since day one. You've been to practically every game and practice since they got here. Just how did you go about compiling the, the hundred things and all that. It seems like a daunting task at first, but and you've been around for so much stuff. How did you kind of narrow it down to 100 things?
0: You know what? That's one of the the fun things about the project. I mean, no one, everyone's not going to agree on all 100 things, um, but, you know, that's kind of, that's kind of part of it. You know, you can debate, you can, you know, hit me on Twitter, on you know, <laughs> Facebook, on email, whatever, and say, oh, this shouldn't have been in there or this should have been higher or this should have been lower. Or why didn't you have this? You know, um, so that's kind of the fun of it. But I I do know that all 100 things are uh, worthy uh, topics. Uh, whether you think they should have been in there or not, they're all worthy topics, uh, and and they were all relevant to the to the uh, history of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, as you said, it was a little daunting when I when I first heard 100 things. I'm thinking how am I going to come up with 100 things? That's a lot. Uh, and then you get into the project, and then you find yourself having to cut back. Like, you, know, right. you can get easily to 100 things, uh, and then you have to scale, scale back a little bit. So, uh, you know, it was a fun project coming up, and obviously you've got the obvious ones, uh, you know, the Kevin Durant, the Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Shabaka. You know, there's a mix of players. There's a mix of events. There's a mix of things that you should do. Uh, sort of meet the Thunder at the airport. You know, that's something that Thunder fans must do before they die, if you will. Uh, you know, stand stand until the, the home team scores its first basket, until the Thunder scores its first basket. That's one of the things you have to do if you're a Thunder fan. Uh, you know, things like that are in the book, and, you know, those were the no-brainer type things. But then there are also some things that, you know, I was there for. And, and frankly, Carson, I was the only one there for, uh, and I, I was able to provide some insight uh with, with some uh on the ground eyes uh at these different arenas throughout the throughout the country, throughout the NBA circuit that you know I think fans will really appreciate seeing uh, my perspective on.
1: Yeah, for sure. That that's the good stuff, right? Like Joaquim Noah getting kicked out of the locker room, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Did, and
0: Kendrick Perkins wrote the forward, man. I mean the the, the book the price of the book is worth it alone Just for Kendrick Perkins writing the forward, And it's good stuff, I promise you that
1: How did you pull that off?
0: Uh, patience Patience, <laughs> you know, I, I kind of hounded him Hounded him, you know, he wasn't Getting back to me and I thought I had the wrong Number for him and uh, You know, all of a sudden he, he, he hit me back and he said, you know My bad, I was out of the country Or on vacation <laughs> or something like that and, and then all of a sudden we linked up And I mean, the, the guy was awesome throughout the whole thing, and, you know, he was just telling stories, and, and it all came together nicely. So I, I really know that fans will appreciate him from Kendrick Perkins on that.
1: Did you guys have a decent relationship when you covered him? It seems like you would since he wrote your forward.
0: Uh, so basically what you're asking me, Carson is, you know, the, the tweet that Kendrick Perkins sent, right? Like, Oh, I forgot about this. How how did we go from that to him writing my (laughs) forward? That's what (laughs) everyone wants to know. right? I
1: forgot about this entirely. (laughs) I need to read your book, man.
0: (laughs) You're a savvy professional, man. I like the way you asked that
1: question. (laughs) I I honestly forgot, but go ahead.
0: He, he, uh, so we always had a good relationship. I don't know what the tweet was about. Um, uh, you know, it, for those who don't know, I'm sure anyone who listens to the Locked On Thunder podcast is probably familiar with Kendrick Perkins' uh, shot at me back in the day. He, he called me a, a closet, I think, closet Thunder hater or a Thunder hater, and a snake in the grass. Um, so, uh, you know, and I never really talked much about that, Carson, because I just felt like you know it was it wasn't my place to talk about it. I, you know, my work to me spoke for itself, um, and, and I didn't really feel the need to address it at the time i talked to kendrick perkins about that and uh you know there was nothing that i wrote that was malicious uh to him you know directly for sure uh so so my guess is he was just kind of taken up for some teammates you know how these guys you know they, they travel so much it happened after a road game at denver uh you know it was like two in the morning central time My guess is they were on a plane. It was after a win, too. So, you know, nothing happened in the locker room that night. It was just sort of your, you know, standard procedure. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting back in my hotel room in Denver and I see the tweet. I'm like, wow, this is interesting. And uh, so I talked to him, I guess, the next day or the day after, after the game. I think they had a game back in Oklahoma City. And uh, I said, Yo, what was that about? You know, and you know he kind of had some kind of blah answer, <laughs> and uh, you know that was it. Um, but I just felt like he, you know, maybe some other players may have been talking about me or something like that. And he, you know, he was the big brother of the team. I felt like maybe he took it upon himself to to try to stick up for them and, and how they felt uh, about me, perhaps. Uh, and that's the way he did it. Uh, he went on to delete the tweet, like they always do, uh, and uh, and that was that. But you know, Kendrick and I have never had any bad blood or, or ill will or anything like that. We've never had any any problems. So uh, when I reached him, you know, it was it was all love, and and things were good. So uh, that's the story of that.
1: Well, they were in Denver. He probably tapped the Rockies. Probably had a few Coors Lights before he sent out the tweet, you know. So, but I I loved I loved dealing with Perk. Like he was so much fun to talk to in the locker room and I wish we get Young Hog back on Twitter cuz he was a great Twitter follow besides his his derogatory tweet to you. I I totally forgot about that. So, I I definitely need to pick up this book, Darnella. Nuggets like that. I mean, even for me who's been covering the team since they got here, I've forgotten all about stuff like that. So, I'm old, I'm old news,
0: Carson. You know, just,
1: I'm going into my third year not
0: covering the team now, so I'm old news. People people forgot. am yeah. long forgotten about.
1: Let Russell go after Eric Horn now that now that you're gone. He can't come after you. But uh, are, are you going to miss covering Russell Westbrook, Darnell? I'm going to miss watching Russell Westbrook play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not yeah. going to
0: miss covering him, no.
1: Yeah, he. Uh... I tell you, I, you know, I've covered all sorts of sports, college football on down the line, and he's one of the more enigmatic people. And that's putting it kindly, that I've ever covered. He's he, he he has different moods for every game, even when he wins. So it, it's going to be. I don't think you'll miss covering him, but yeah, I will. You'll probably miss watching him play. Uh, do, are you proud of the fact that you're in like the most famous Russell Westbrook meme of all time, though? Like you're like right there, smiling. It's, it's fantastic.
0: Oh, I, I- I don't know if proud is the right word. It's, uh, it's a little strange is what it is. I mean, I, I have people to this day who send me random emails and texts like, yo, did you see this? Uh, yeah, you know, maybe once or 10,000 times, yeah, I've seen it. Um, so, uh, like, it's, it's strange, but, you know, I mean, people get a kick out of it. People who know me or associated, you know, in some sort of way with me. Uh, you know, they get a kick out of it. And, you know, if they like it, I love it. That's yeah, great.
1: Yeah, your reaction, though, in that is priceless because, like, you've covered Russell long enough to, like, you hear the guy's question. You you just know that Russell's no. going to say something.
0: But here's the thing, Carson. People, like, here's the myth. Mis- like, a lot of people who reach out to me think that I'm cracking up in the background. I'm not. The story of it is the Thunder went out there and got it handed to them by the Jazz that night. And it was an ugly loss. Uh, you know, I forget the, the details on how exactly it went down, but it was an ugly loss. And I told Leslie McCaslin, the sideline reporter, before we even started with Russ, I said something's about to happen. This ought to be good. <laughs> and I, I, like I predicted it, and this that was the crazy thing about it. Like I felt it coming with Russ that night. And sure enough, the guy asked, "Did you guys lose this game, or did the Jazz win it?" And that was that was all it took to, 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 to set off Russell Westbrook. And uh, you know we got the mean scene round scene round the world, and I'm just I just happen to be in it, and uh, I'm not laughing. I'm just kind of like looking to try to see who asked the question, because it was someone in Utah, uh, Utah media member. And then at the end of it, you know what what the the video doesn't show is at the end of it I look at Leslie and I'm just like, eh, told, I told you. you so,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you knew, and you covered Russell long enough to know when something was going to happen. Uh, but, I, Darnell, I am interested to hear your perspective on, on Kevin Durant. You know, you covered this guy from when he was a rookie on through your last year covering the team. Just what what are your thoughts on everything that's happened with him this offseason and just him leaving the Thunder? It was such a monumental moment in Thunder history, and I'm sure you cover that in your book. Just what are your thoughts on Kevin?
0: You know, I I, it, I never liked the moves. Um, not just because of you know he left the Thunder or he left Oklahoma City, I didn't like the move because of where he went. Uh, you know I just thought and I I said this on the Thunder buddies podcast I thought it was a sucker move. You know that's the that's the exact phrase I used to classify it. Um, you know I, I just think when you're up on a team three one and you have a chance to propose them out and it's largely your fault that that you didn't get it done, uh, you shouldn't be joining the team that you just lost against. So. Uh, that was my uh, biggest issue with Kevin Durant. Now he's it's, it's, it's his right to go wherever he wants. Uh, he's entitled to that. Uh, but I just you know I just think as a competitor, uh, he's not who we thought he was, uh, and that was my biggest issue. Um, some of the things that he's done personally, uh, you know, with the tattoos that he's you know he he purposely concealed those tattoos. Uh, when he was in Oklahoma City. Now, I don't know if that's a Thunder thing. I don't know if that's an Oklahoma community thing. I don't know if, if that's just Kevin Durant thinking that he had to play to a certain crowd. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, I'm a little disappointed in Kevin Durant that he, for whatever reason, felt like he couldn't be himself. And it's not just the tattoos. Uh, you know, it's it's some of the things that he's saying now that he's out in Golden State. Uh, you know, it, it seems like he's a totally different person out there. Uh, and, and yes, people grow. People Mature people change, uh, but I don't think you change that much in a couple of months. I don't think anyone changes that much in a couple of months. And we've seen Kevin Durant from zero to 60, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, or zero to 100. And, and that, to me, is uh, it's just confusing. Uh, I wish he was this outspoken here. Uh, I, I, I don't like the fact that he waited until he got out there to feel like he could be more um, uh, liberal I guess with, with some of the things that he says and does uh, it's a more liberal p- place out there you know I'm not just putting it all, all on Kevin Durant it is a more liberal place out there the team the franchise uh, they run that franchise completely uh, differently than they do here so uh, there are other reasons maybe other factors but you know I just and, and Kevin's a good dude like don't get me wrong Kevin is a great guy uh, personally he'll he'll go out of his way for anyone uh, and try to do anything he can to help people uh, and, and I don't ever want fans to lose sight of that you know we, we always look at them as athletes and whether they can put the ball in the basket and things like that and, and you know that's sort of the persona that we get caught up in but Kevin is a genuinely nice person uh, you know he didn't handle some things the right way I think if he could do it all, all over again he would do some things differently uh, but some of my biggest questions is why would he join that team? And why would he wait until he got out there to start kind of popping off like he has?
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And, and I do, I do respect Kevin as far as professionally. He was such a pro uh, to deal with. And, but yeah, it, he was like mama's boy here. Now he's like bad boy out there. It's kind of a stark turn, but um, just don't before I let you go. I really appreciate all the time you've given me. Just how do you see this Thunder season playing out with their new big three? And do you think they can challenge Kevin Durant and the Warriors?
0: I think they have a, a a really nice trio um and it's more than a trio. I think they really have a nice core group to to pose a nice threat to the warriors. Um, I have a lot of questions about this team uh you know who's gonna play defense uh Paul George is a the defender uh he's committed to that end. We know Russell Westbrook has his moments on that end, but largely is disinterested um for the most part um. You know, Carmelo Anthony has never really been known as a defender. Uh, he has potential on that end, but at what, 33 years old at this point, you know, how much does he have left in the tank to, to be able to give it to you on both ends? He's a scorer. He said it at media day. That's what he was basically born to do: was score the basketball. Uh, and there's a lot of there's a lot of not not even just egos, Carson. There's a lot of uh, longstanding uh, philosophies or styles. That those guys have grown accustomed to, and are they going to be able to alter that? Not completely change it, but alter it enough to where everyone can fit in, and not just the big three, but you know the Patrick Pattersons, the Andre Robertsons, the Stephen Adams, the Raymond Feltons. Are those guys going to be able to to get involved enough to where you know it's not just those three uh, starring all the time? You know, if someone else has it going, are they going to be able to to, to roll with them? Uh, If things go bad, badly or poorly, are they going to revert to their old habits? Or are they going to stick to to some of the new philosophies and principles that they are are trying to institute over there this year? Uh, So it's a lot of questions. Um, You know, those guys all like to to have the ball in their hands. They're all accustomed to being, quote-unquote, the man. Uh, you know, so, so I'd like to see how it plays out. And, and obviously there are going to be some going pains early, uh, but I think they will hit their stride eventually. But my biggest question is how are things going to play out once they hit some adversity, some real adversity, not, you know, on a Tuesday night against the Orlando Magic, but, you know, in April in the first round of the playoffs or, you know, maybe in an early second-round matchup, early part of the series in a second-round matchup. Are they going to revert? are they going to stick to what uh you know the coaching staff and and frankly everyone seems to know that they they need to do uh to to succeed so those are my biggest questions but undoubtedly man it's a lot a lot of firepower here they've got some real weapons and they've got a real opportunity to compete with the golden state warriors
1: yeah those are those are legit questions you pose and more than anything, Thunder fans have hope they can at least put up a fight now against Kevin Durant and the Warriors. But, uh, Darnell, hey, I really appreciate it. You can follow Darnell Mayberry at Darnell Mayberry on Twitter. And, Darnell, one last time, where can fans uh, find your book? It's
0: uh, available now at triumphbooks.com and everywhere books are sold. So, whatever your favorite website is for books, uh, ebooks, a uh, book on your Kindle, anything you want. You can go to the website, your favorite website, and order the book now. Again, it comes out in early November, uh, official release date November 15th. It should be in stores a little sooner than that. And, again, I'm, you know, thanks so much, Carson, for giving me the opportunity to, uh, to talk about it. I'm really proud of it, and I, I think Thunder fans are going to love it. Uh, this is sort of, you know, I didn't intend for it to be this way, but it ended up being sort of my parting gift to the fans. And, you know, the fans have given me so much along with my coverage, of not just the Thunder, but even going back to the Hornets for so long. And uh, I'm just really, really grateful and and blessed that I got this opportunity. So so thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk
1: about it. Yeah, no problem. Again, I'm sure it was daunting, but ultimately I I guarantee it'll be rewarding considering all the knowledge you have surrounding the team and franchise in Oklahoma City. And you know what's going to happen, Darnell. When you get to Chicago... They're just going to follow the Thunder model, man. They're going to get, like, three top five picks. They're going to draft James Harden, <laughs> Russell Westbrook, and Kevin Durant. They're going, to, they're going to start winning again. So you're going to bring your good uh, hopefully luck up they there. Don't, hey, hopefully they don't trade James Harden up there if they, if they
0: ever get him. Get one of those. Hopefully they don't
1: trade him. I hear you, Darnell. Hey, man, I really appreciate it, and, and good luck, and we'll, we'll follow your work up in Chicago, man. Thanks a lot.
0: All right. Thanks, Carson.
1: See you, man. Again, I just want to thank Darnell for coming on the show. Uh, tremendous guest. Tremendous insight. He is going to be missed here in Oklahoma City. I know he hasn't covered the team in the last two or three years, but he's been around, and um, he's a great follow on Twitter. Please follow him if you haven't already. And uh, I really appreciate him coming on. And uh, before we go, once again, please rate and subscribe on iTunes, on Audio Boom. That only helps the podcast. And I hope you all have a great weekend. This has been the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Carson Cunningham.